0: Would you pay $70 for a pair of slippers? How about a $600 wagon, high-end dream gear, that might make you think about breaking open the piggy bank on this week's episode of RV Miles. Hi, everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby, and this is episode 11 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, join us over at rvmiles.com slash episode 11. You can also find RV Miles on Facebook Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to keep up with Jason and I as we travel around the country, you can do so at OurWanderingFamily.com, and we are also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
0: On this week's episode, we're going to talk about some some high-end fun gear that might be a little on the expensive side.
1: Also known as everything Jason wants to buy.
0: It's not all bad. Some of it's, you know... (laughs) Not too terrible. Some
1: of it's going on your Christmas list.
0: <laughs> Put it this way. None of it is the the most expensive thing is the six hundred dollar wagon.
1: Did you just say six hundred dollar wagon? Yeah. All right, sign me up. Let's go.
0: When you see this thing <laughs> I've you're already seen want it.
1: it. I already told you I've seen it <laughs> and I want it. So <laughs> sign me up.
0: <laughs> We're also gonna talk about the twin cities. Minneapolis, St. Paul, where we are right now.
1: We are back. We
0: are back. (laughs) So we we took our little trip up to Voyagers (laughs) National Park.
1: Which we loved and we gushed about on last week's
0: episode. And we came back down into the Twin Cities area. We're staying, again, just outside of it in River Falls, Wisconsin, a great little city park.
1: Yeah, we do really like this campground a lot. They can't get rid of us.
0: It's a a great home base for the Twin Cities.
1: Yeah, and it's a great price, and we love that there's the playgrounds and all the options for exploring just within the space here.
0: But first, let's talk about some things in the news.
1: Speaking Uh, of money. Speaking of money,
0: (laughs) billionaire Warren Buffett and his his investment company, Berkshire Hathaway, they're the owners of Forest River RVs, by the way. They make the Forest River brand, uh, Coachman, Shasta, Palomino. Among the many other businesses that Warren Buffett owns, so now Warren Buffett is acquiring the Pilot Flying J brand of truck stops.
1: People had a lot to say about this. I know there were today. That was interesting.
0: Comments on the post.
1: Angry, angry angry that warren buffett know. was getting into the like travel center station business i don't even know <laughs>
0: i thought he was a generally well-liked guy I, don't, I, I mean i don't know if there's some political i don't leanings either way flying J's are nice because they have an rv lane they're really the yes, only truck totally. stops you, and pilot doesn't even have them but flying J you can usually find an rv lane which is great for people who have a gas RV or a gas truck that's pulling an RV. Yeah. Because we you know we usually go to the diesel side with the big trucks. If you've got a, a gasser, it's really hard to pull a really long <laughs> RV yeah. into into the regular gas pumps. Yes. Um so those are cool. They usually have an air compressor and and you can even fill propane at some of them. So we'll see maybe this will mean some better RV amenities at truck stops down the road.
1: Yeah, since I mean, his company owns like you know fifty percent of all the RVs that are on the road. I mean, <laughs> Quite I, don't that many, I, just, <laughs> I just threw that number out there, but I but was. But really... still, I
0: mean, it's a lot. Forest River makes a lot of a lot of trailers.
1: No, I was really surprised. I had no idea that he was so his company, I should say, was so entrenched like well, in the I, RV business. I
0: think it's just another example of the fact that this business is this this market sector if you will, is exploding. And you're going to see some outside investment coming into it more than we used to.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And speaking of prices exploding.
0: So California State Parks, they didn't really announce this. It just got kind of slipped into in, It just in, got
1: slipped in. Like they into just, like the they question
0: and answer it. page on their website that I
1: mean, do you want to announce this? They're going to wanna... be
0: raising the they're they're going to be charging for dump stations at the state parks. They don't charge now. And they're calling it a service that they're going to be providing. <laughs> it's so so nice how they word it. They're going to be charging up to twenty dollars to use the dump station at the state parks in California.
1: Okay, so is this Every time you need to dump yeah. or just a one-time flat fee for while you're at the it
0: campground? It will not be included in your camping. And you, if you want to use the dump station once, you will have to pay. And uh, if you want to use it again, you'll have to pay that. So they're, they're doing a test. Um, so next year, they'll, they'll be implementing the fee at 10 state parks. And then if the program is successful...
1: Their their words, not mine.
0: They will expand the service.
1: Does it come? Okay, so I feel like...
0: Does somebody do it for you?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you pull up and it's like when you go to have your gas pumped for you? I don't understand. And like, part of me is concerned that other... State parks or campgrounds will see this model that California is doing, and then they too will think, oh, that's such a great idea. And then the next thing we know, not only have we seen over the last couple years, I do believe, an increase in camping fees. Now we're going to start seeing, like, they're going to start piecing it out. Like, oh, you want to use Wi-Fi? Well, now that's going to cost you. Oh, you need to dump or you need hookups? Well, now that's going to cost you. Oh, water? that's going to cost
0: you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. I think we're also seeing a lot of private vendors being contracted for what were traditionally public campgrounds to operate them and I think we're going to see more more things like that happen. California state parks are already fairly expensive. One of the nice things though in California, they do have a pretty good accessibility to free dump stations at their rest stops. But, you know, if you're camping at a state park <laughs> and you, you want to stay for long enough time that you're going to be dumping multiple times, that can get kind of ridiculous. I don't know. But I, I mean, I think this, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what happens because I think this, I think $20 is getting into the territory oh. where you're going to have people, you know, illegally dumping yes, on the ground know, to avoid the fee.
1: That's a really good point. I don't know. I am not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it's kind of, I think it's crappy that they're doing this.
0: <laughs> well, I think we're going to see that people aren't going to be paying for them, and then they're going to realize, you know, it's going to be a market issue. The market, the market cannot sustain twenty dollars <laughs> fees at the dump station. So that they will, so they will be re- lowering the uh, price. I don't doubt that they'll keep a fee, but I'm sure they won't be keeping it at twenty dollars because. I can't imagine that many people paying it. No. All right. So that's the news for this week. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take our break here. And when we come back, we are going to go Mm -hmm. through our really awesome, super cool list of expensive stuff.
1: I love how our news was (laughs) billionaires and dump stations, like two completely different ends of the spectrum. (laughs) Let's just take a break and think about that for a minute. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we'll be right back with the answer to last week's brain teaser and our list
1: Woo-hoo.
0: are you ready for the answer to last week's brain teaser Abigail
1: What if I told you no like you ask me every week like I'm just curious like if I said no would you just be like you just move okay, on moving on. <laughs>
0: You're going to say no <laughs> next week, aren't you?
1: I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yes, I'm ready because I know the answer to this week's.
0: A plane crashed on the border of the U.S. and Canada. Where do they bury the survivors?
1: They don't because you don't bury survivors.
0: That one was easy. Come on. I know. It's right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I like it. Keep it. (laughs) Bring me more of those.
0: (laughs) All right. I have put together a list of things that I want. It's important to note that I put this list together. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is, again, this is sort of like the, these two lists last week we did an inexpensive, and I'm air quoting RV gear list. I kind of took the lead on that list. Well, Jason has taken the lead on the list this time. In fact... There will be items on here that, as we talk about them now, will be items I haven't because I haven't seen the list yet. He's kept it secret. He's kept it under lock and key. She's seen a few things.
0: She knows a few things on the list. So,
1: if you ever want to get an idea of what, like, Jason and Abby are like on the road, there's Abby's inexpensive list and Jason's (laughs) soon-to-be-famous expensive list. Okay, so it's
0: not all expensive. (laughs) It's not that ridiculous. Most items are under $200. The most expensive thing... is $600. (laughs) is $600. <laughs> and I know that sounds like a lot, but there there's RV gear out there that's, you know, in the thousands, this and this is, is, is true. Hot.
1: This is true. But we are, we are not people who generally go and buy thousands of dollars no. worth of RV gear. But, but that's okay. Th- but if you are, that's fantastic.
0: I mean, some of this is great stuff.
1: All of it is, All of great, this is stuff. great stuff. All of it is great stuff. It's just in two different worlds. So we're just kind of giving two different ends of... Yeah the RV spectrum
0: right now. I think some of it is is very much worth the price. Case in point, we talked about this product last week as a sort of a teaser preview to this list, the Biolite fire pit. It's not available now. It's in Kickstarter mode though BioLite funds all their products through Kickstarter. And
1: and they will be funding this will, one. This
0: one won't be happening.
1: Yes, because they needed $100,000 by October 20th, and it was an all or nothing on Kickstarter. They currently have $1.5 million towards their goal and almost 6,500 backers. So this product will fly, and everyone can sit around their campground on their app controlling their BioLite fire pit. (laughs) So yes, it is
0: a fire pit that you can control with a Bluetooth app to your phone. It is, it's a, it's a smokeless fire pit.
1: That's what's my favorite It has
0: air jets that blow into the, into the fire that keep the fire hot. It burns it efficiently. So you get more heat out of less wood and there is less or no smoke. Really cool item. I think it's going to be a game changer for RVers and that's why it's my number one pick for this list. I'm
1: behind on this one I mean if anyone listened to last week's podcast you know that sometimes I don't like the smell of the fire especially when it gets all over your clothes.
0: So the only way to get it right now you can you can pay 200 bucks to their kickstarter and you'll get it sometime next summer.
1: You'll get it sometime in 2020. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, if they say next summer and it will if you fund their Kickstarter now, it will include a cover that's solar powered to charge the batteries for the thing. There you so. go. This next item, it's sort of in the same vein is is a fire pits item that I had thought would be really great when I came across it for campers that I don't see anybody out there with. This is a cover for fire pits. And you can find a few different versions of this. They're sort of made for home fire pits. You know, you might have a a stone one at home, or you might have an elevated portable one. And they're essentially a round, flat piece of steel that you can throw on top of your fire pit. And it puts out the fire, it snuffs it out. And it protects it from little legs running through it or falling into it or from rain getting into it. And, and you know, if you only burn half of your fire, you want to save the wood, you throw the cover on, the rest of that wood's good the next day, even if it rains overnight.
1: I think that's such a good selling point to it, too, because, you know, often we've had situations where it's like, okay, well, it's not really working out for us to be out here with this fire tonight. And so we do have to put it out. We do have to go in. And then it rains. And then we're like... Well, oh, we Got
0: a lot of wet wood right here. <laughs>
1: well that wood isn't gonna be used
0: <laughs> for a fire anymore. <laughs> so this is this item that I put on the list is by a company called Firebugs. B-U-G-G-Z. Ooh, and it so is hip. it is the round snuffer fire pit cover. It's big, it's forty inches, and it's a, just a big circle, flat piece of steel with a hinge straight down the middle. So you can fold it in half. On the fire pit, you can leave it there folded in half, or you can fold it in half and put it away in your RV. It's got two handles cut into it, and it's going to set you back about 200 bucks. I found some other covers, slightly less expensive, but much smaller. Didn't find much cheaper than this. It was about the best deal I could find, somewhere in like the three to $400 range. So Whoa, I'm, I'm really interested in, in getting something like this. I'm thinking about DIYing something, though, figuring out, you know, getting some sort of plate metal and and we do love a good diy project
1: around here we don't (laughs) have enough of those diy projects
0: (laughs) moving towards the kitchen the next item on this list is from lodge the company that makes cast iron yeah i'm already
1: behind this like i want one of these so bad
0: they have released a new line of cookware that is uh it's dual handles instead of the one big long handle It's two little stubby handles on either side.
1: You have to ask yourself, like, why did it take so long to do this? I don't
0: know. But the cool thing about this is, without that long handle, it's a lot easier to fit these into a smaller space.
1: Like our little
0: cabinets in here. I'm liking the 17 inch, which is their biggest. It's their 17 inch cast iron skillet. It's $112. But you could cook. Any meal in this thing, it's big enough to oh, cook so two bad. pancakes at once in it. Uh, you don't need a, you wouldn't need like a a, a griddle. griddle. You wouldn't need a griddle or anything like that. Uh, but if that's too much for you, if that's too big for you, too expensive for you, the next one down is the twelve inch, and it's only thirty nine fifty.
1: A little eight inch cast iron pan is so cute. I just want to buy like five of them and then make little individual cobblers.
0: I know, right? <laughs> and you know, cast iron is perfectly usable in an RV. A lot of people are afraid to bring it along. Um, we
1: love ours. We, we love use it cast all iron. the time. It lasts
0: forever. If it gets gross and nasty and terrible or rusted, you just sand it down, re-season it, and start over. Literally, it can last you 100 years. Lodge cast iron, it's good stuff.
1: It's good stuff. You will get your money's worth out of a $112 17-inch cast iron skillet. You can make a fierce paella in that. I'm like already dreaming of all the things I'm going to make in that over the fire.
0: Over your BioLite fire. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There you go. Do they have like a little, does BioLite have something you can put over the fire to cook?
0: Yeah, there's a grill grate that goes on the top of it. Stop
1: it. We're done. You better get on that Kickstarter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next on the list, staying with sort of food items, is a cooler that I really love. Now, you've of course seen Yeti coolers in the stores Super expensive, three, four, five hundred dollar coolers. I want one. <laughs> They're really pretty and a little extravagant. Because really, do you need a cooler that costs that much? Yes. <laughs> I have something a little bit different for you that I think you're gonna like if you check it out. There's a company called Pelican. I, I'm familiar with Pelican as somebody who's worked in the entertainment industry. They make cases for high-end instruments. You know, you put your violin in one. um,
1: Yeah, they don't make the big giant road cases, but they make the smaller smaller ones.
0: Yeah. Any sort of sensitive gear, Pelican makes cases for. And they have a line of coolers, and they've had it for a while. You can see some YouTube tests. They match right up there with Yeti in terms of how long they can hold ice and everything. They look beastly to me, They look
1: so (laughs) solid. Like, I feel like I could pick up one of those coolers. I could throw it as hard as I could throw it across a room, and that thing would just land upright, and everything inside of it would be totally perfect, and there wouldn't be a scratch on the cooler.
0: Yeah. They have many sizes. They have versions that have a pole handle with wheels on them. Uh, they have a soft sided version. That soft
1: sided version which is, is really sleek. cool looking. It is sleek.
0: And they range in price just like the Yeti, pretty close to it, about 10% cheaper. They are made in America. They have a lifetime warranty. Yeti only has a five year warranty. And they are certified bear resistant, which Yetis are too, but Yetis, you have to have a padlock on them for it to be bear resistant. These, you, do, you don't. The, the hasps work well enough to keep bears out. Now, you might be saying, well, I don't care about bears. I'm not going to be about, around any bears. But you're going to be around raccoons, I guarantee oh. it. And if you want to have a cooler sitting outside, this is the way you to better, go.
1: You better get this pelican because those raccoons, they know. They're smart. They know. And they know if there's a padlock on that Yeti or not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So speaking of bear-resistant, the next item on the list is the World's First Certified Bear-Resistant Backpack. And again, it's not just for bears. It's for other animals as well to keep them out. It's
1: really stylish looking. Like, I would look at that and I would not think, oh, bear-resistant. I would think, oh, wow, that's really cute. I'm going to wear that when I... Go out yeah, this
0: is this is called the flax sack from the Locktote Industrial Bag Company, based in Columbus, Ohio. And it's not sort of your hiking the trails looking backpack. It's got cord straps, and it's a cinch tight at the top. And the nice thing about this to me isn't the bear resistance; it's the people resistance. You know, yeah, you, you that's such need, an
1: interesting component.
0: You'd need bolt cutters to cut into this thing. You know, you can put a padlock on it. You can lock it to a picnic table. And it would be very difficult to get into. You can't slice it easily with a knife. And it takes a thousand pounds of force, they say, to open it up.
1: You know what I just thought we could do with this backpack? Is I would totally, all the Halloween candy I don't want to share with the kids, I would put <laughs> in this backpack and then I would strap it to something and they wouldn't be able to get into or we it. Or would put
0: their elect- electronics in it until, the, <laughs> until they've done their chores for the day. <laughs> oh,
1: man. See, like, it even has all... The- the possibilities are endless.
0: It's $129. Not too bad. Not, not too, too bad, bad. Not too bad. $129 uh, available on the Locto website, which we'll link to in the post. Next on the list, moving to clothing a little bit, here's our first sub $100 item. Whoa. Sub $100, what? see? We're not
1: gonna... Yeah, look at you. Look it at is you. just a hat, though. <laughs> and look at
0: you. <laughs> but listen, Okay. Tilly hats. Tilly is is a company that's been around for a long time, and they make you know you want to look like Indiana Jones out on the trail. Get yourself a Tilly hat.
1: And Jason wants to look like Indiana Jones <laughs> out on the trail.
0: <laughs> Tilly makes so the, their popular model is the LTM Six Airflow, and it comes in a lot of different colors. This hat is it's not like you know the twenty dollar hat that you're going to get. To wear in the sun walking the trails. They have an integrated sweatband. They block the sun up to fifty SPF. They have two straps, not just one. The straps tuck away if you don't want to have the strap hanging around your chin. They have a hidden pocket inside that you can put, you know, your credit cards in if you want to. You could put a map in there if you wanted to.
1: Inside the hat? It's
0: it's on the top. So it would write above your head. There's a label on the top, and it's a pocket behind it.
1: Okay, but then won't your head look lumpy?
0: No, no. If you just put a couple credit cards in there or something like that, you'll never feel it. Okay. Secret secret love letters? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Do you have secret love letters, Jason, that well, you need to be keeping? somebody would send me some. Oh, my gosh.
0: It floats. It's got open... Open venting, so there's airflow that's flying in there. That's why it's called the airflow hat. And it's got a lifetime warranty. If it ever wears out for any reason, it doesn't have to be because of the workmanship. They're going to replace it for you. So it's 85 bucks, but I think the lifetime warranty is worth the 85 bucks. to be honest.
1: You have been on a mission for the last couple of years for like a really solid hat. And you just have never been able to find what you want. And I feel like listening to you talk about this hat, like I want to run out right now and buy it for you. Because it just seems like you have found, you found your hat. Like you've, it's like when you find your people.
0: Well, that was your- my goal in putting it on the list. I have a... I, talk you yeah, it.
1: I had a feeling. Like, when that <laughs> hat popped up, I was like, here we go again.
0: <laughs> All right. Ooh, these are cute. <laughs> Next on the list. See, when I said... This
1: is for me, isn't it? When I
0: said, would you pay $70 <laughs> for a pair of slippers? Yes. Now that you see them. All right. This is the Tiva Ember Mock. They say... This is how they advertise it. Part sneaker part sleeping bag this supremely chill slip-on handles campsites and long flights with ease
1: i want to meet the part like their marketing director <laughs> who like put that sentence together and
0: it's got a, the collapsible heel so you can slip them on without sliding it over your heel Stop and it doesn't it. damage them so this looks like a puffy down jacket for your foot
1: you get your hat I get my slippers. (laughs) I thought when you said $70 slippers, I was like, oh, this is crazy. No, I mean,
0: these are camp shoes. You know, you walk around, you go hiking, you're having your your hiking boots on or whatever. You come home, you put these guys on, and these are what you wear around the campsite. Put
1: your sleeping bags on.
0: (laughs) You put little sleeping bags (laughs) on your feet. They're in really cool colors. They look really, really hip and stylish. And I want a pair, and now
1: you want a pair. Yeah, now I want a pair. Um,
0: I'm coming, we'll the, I'm coming over to the I'm coming over to the dark, side. To the dark side.
1: Oh. <laughs> so mad at you right now.
0: Sticking with the clothing for a bit. Eddie Bauer has a line of travel clothing that I really love. And my favorite piece is this men's Voyager 2 travel blazer. And what this is, it's a sport coat that looks like a pretty normal sport coat, but it is made out of some nice nylon travel materials that don't wrinkle, they're packable, that have lots of extra hidden pockets for slipping your passport in, stuff like that. And I think it's hard for us, that those people that live in RVs, to find ways to sort of dress up, to be a little stylish when we're out there. And I think this is a great option. You could hike a trail in this. It's
1: lightweight (laughs) and
0: and breathable. And they have a women's version as well.
1: Here's what I think when I see this blazer. Because in our particular situation, because I'm sure there's people that are like, oh my gosh, why are we talking about a blazer like work clothes or, you know, dress clothes? But in our particular situation, like I see that and I think you absolutely need this. When we travel around... We work full-time still. We work in a performing arts trade industry. And so often if we have to go and review a show or we have to go to an event, like we're carrying all of these dress clothes with us. Yeah. And they don't exactly stay really nice and pressed inside Bussy here. And so I think to myself, like, that would be perfect. And I just think something like that for someone who finds themselves – traveling, and also having to work or, or go to events in which, you know, perhaps you're...
0: Even if you just want to go out for... If, you, if you're foodies and want to go out for nice dinners... <laughs> yes, what a and good And you want to fold up your... your you, you would never fold up a sport coat and tuck it away somewhere normally. But this one you can. You can stick it in the back of your RV and and grab it whenever you... You know, those rare occasions that you're going to go out for for a nice night. This is a, a great option for that. They have pants and and polos and other items as well in this line and I think they're really interesting for people who travel, especially people that travel full time.
1: Yeah, good on you, honey, for not making it just about work. Yeah, I forget that there's other things outside of work.
0: <laughs> and, and 90 to 110 bucks is not terrible for a sport code.
1: No, not at all. Uh,
0: next on the list this is really cool. You're going to like this one. This is called the shindig blanket from Kelty. And what this is, is this is a blanket for, for going to, you know, going to concerts for sitting on the ground or taking to a a ball game. This is, it's two blankets in one, right? So you have these two blankets that lay on top of each other. And the bottom blanket has this pocket you can put your feet in this pocket to keep them warm. It's a pocket that runs all the way across the bottom. You can tuck the top blanket into it and sort of pull it up and down if you want to, and, or you can just take the two blankets separately and have two people have their own blankets. It's a really really cool item. Yeah. And uh, and it folds up and has straps that you know that rolls and have straps. So you can you can you know pull up really small. There's a there's a video that Kelty has of it. This is a new product, and we'll have that on the website. And you can see how they use it. Um, yeah,
1: looking at it rolled up, it is actually really quite compact for how big it looks. Which is something about Kelty that we have found when we use their brands that they're really good about like being able to compress everything. Into a little small container bag to carry.
0: Exactly. This is, you know, this is something you take with you to music festival, um, that type of thing, or to sit around, the, just sit around the campfire, look on up at the stars with your little Teva slippers on. <laughs> And I think the colors are <laughs> really cool, And your
1: bio-light.
0: And your bio light. Go,
1: like fire pit <laughs> <Your> going <laughs> <laughs> with your snuffer cover ready in case it's needed.
0: I mean, just to have a blanket that has a pocket to tuck your feet in is, is enough. You know, but to have it be two separate blankets. Is it blankets enough to and... spend
1: $70 on a blanket? I don't know. I don't know. I but you know say. what? There I are a
0: said. lot of blankets out there that are $70 on their own. So. This I, is true. I, I say it's a. It's a good deal at $70, and I I want it. <laughs> Alright, finally, last item on the list. This is by a company called Veer. And you already want it, I can tell.
1: I want it. This I is the most it.
0: expensive item on the list. This you've you've all seen those collapsible wagons. That you know, they're fabric wagons that the, the little output. red wagon that collapses. Yeah, you and they sell them for about fifty bucks at Walmart. Yeah. This is a combination of one of those wagons and a high-end stroller and
1: made to be a little (laughs) bit off road.
0: So it's a, so they call it a wagon stroller crossover called the cruiser. And you can, the, the cool thing about this, it folds flat, uh, has a telescoping handle. The cool thing about this is this is a stroller that is a, the first in its class, the first in the sort of wagon class to have the to meet the ASTM stroller safety standards and is JPMA certified. I don't know what those acronyms mean, but <laughs> but they are companies that certify and set standards for strollers. So they have 3-point harnesses inside them. They have you can latch a car seat into this thing. You know, if you That
1: have- is such a big deal to me. I mean, we don't have car seat babies like that anymore. But I just think to myself, man, that would have been the thing to have because one of the saddest things for me to part with when we were downsizing to go on the road was to say goodbye to the double stroller. Like when I had to send the city mini double off, I came back into the house and I, I shed some tears.
0: They even have a bunch of cool accessories for it. One that turns it into a bassinet, a sun canopy. They've got you can put up to six cup holders on it. They've got a drink and snack tray for the kids.
1: This wagon will make me have another baby. Like, I'm a, like, <laughs> we need to have another baby just so we can go get this wagon. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy.
0: It's cool. I mean, this, if you are a full-time family on the road, this could easily replace a double stroller.
1: Absolutely. And from what I'm reading on here, it does say it'll hold up to 110 pounds of precious cargo. But it also weighs less than a double stroller. Yeah, folded up, which is huge because those double strollers—they're heavy. And a lot of them,
0: and a lot of them, and a lot of wagons have tires on them that need to have air pressure inside them. These are airless tires, so they're all—they're all you know solid rubber. So you don't need to worry about getting a flat on this thing. It's clearly very rugged, meant to sort of yank it around on a beach or over some gravel. Ethan and Henry would fit in this easily. Our kids could still be in this. I mean, we
1: could almost put, actually, almost all three of our children into this thing and just barely be over the 110-pound capacity, yeah. just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, in case we <laughs> wanted to get one or something, like, we could find use for it. Well,
0: I think the wagons, the collapsible wagons, are, are super useful at a campground anyway. Just, if you know, if you want to go use the showers, you throw your, your towels and stuff in there and take all the kids up to the shower, you want to... Bring your recycling up to the to the you know, the recycle bin. You can put your bags in there and, and hold them up. I think a wagon is is a cool idea to have with yeah. your R V. And I think this is an awesome option. The only downfall is the six hundred dollar <laughs> price tag. It's really expensive. But that's in the realm of a bunch of other high end strollers, you know.
1: It is. It is. So that's a good one to end with because, you know, it's the one that I was i really want <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that is available at goveer g o v e e r govee com. links to this and all of the other products will be available on the rv miles website on this article which we will link to in the show notes
1: rv miles.com slash episode 11
0: Okay, we're back and we wanted to talk a bit about our time here in the Minneapolis St. Paul Twin Cities area.
1: Yeah because now we've done like two different stints here.
0: Yeah we did, it, we did a week before heading up to Voyagers and now we're back here for a weekend. And
1: Minneapolis uh, is like the bread to our Voyager sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know the Twin Cities they're two different cities and, and they are on either side of the Mississippi River, and they're in separate counties. But they're both... Minneapolis is bigger, but...
1: They complement each other. One can't be here without the other. There's
0: some good stuff to do in St. Paul, for sure. Absolutely. Just to dive right into some of the stuff we did, and we're, of course, not going to be able to talk about everything there is to do here. No. We weren't able to do um, anywhere near as much as we wanted to do. But uh, one of the cool things, I think, to start off with is... Something called the Grand Rounds Scenic Route. It's
1: yeah, a National Scenic
0: the, Byway, right?
1: It was the Grand Rounds Scenic Byway.
0: And, you know, this is kind of rare for a city to have a scenic byway that goes kind of through it or around it. Um, there is a lot of scenery here in Minneapolis. And that's yeah, the absolutely. first thing that really touched me. So, there, this is a scenic byway that almost encircles Minneapolis. It follows along the Mississippi River up in this area where it's it's smaller than it is in some of the areas where we yes. pass south of it, um, but still very beautiful. Gorgeous. And it it passes some waterfalls, a chain of lakes, uh, and then comes back around to the river. A lot of cool stuff. There's the mill ruins are near it. Some some old flour mill ruins that you can go to.
1: Yeah, and you know sometimes we really appreciate just like a scenic drive. We're a family that I think sometimes when we need to hit the reset button, we get in the car and we go for a drive. Yeah. And I think that's for all of us. And we actually, this when we did this, I think that was a day that we kind of were needing to hit a little bit of the reset button in the house. And this was a really nice, just long enough drive that we were able to kind of enjoy different parts of the city, of the two cities, and then come back in and be ready to continue on and get out of the car and explore.
0: Yeah. I think the best stop on the the, the Grand Rounds route is the Mini Falls.
1: Yes. Silly name. Was- <laughs>
0: cool waterfall. Yes.
1: Actually I really kinda love the name, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's very endearing.
0: So this is a it's a big park that's got some hiking trails. And it's a a little tributary river that goes into the Mississippi or Creek.
1: It's Minnehaha Creek, I believe.
0: And this is a, a large waterfall that you can visit right inside Minneapolis.
1: Yeah, and it has this really great little spot as you come down a ways from the falls. The water is running down a ways from the fall. They have this really nice little setup there where you can actually sit on the edge, put your feet into the water or some people had waded out and there was some rocks or big logs out there that they went and sat in. The water is not moving too fast and I thought that was really kind of cool. Like we were all able to just kind of sit there, dip our toes into the water, enjoy the scenery and sort of like everyone else around us having a really great time and then continue this very short hike that goes over then, and get to check out the fall.
0: Yeah, and there's a there's a little restaurant there. There's a, a nice park. Yeah,
1: there's lots of like this is kind of like a nice afternoon. You could spend a whole nice afternoon here at Minnehaha Park. And there's there was a playground that the kids really enjoyed. They spent some time there. There's definitely a few trails to hike. There's a couple of, like, preserved, like, historic structures. There's an old train depot from the 19th century. The Longfellow House and the John H. Stevens House are there, so you can go and you can tour. And then they have this great little restaurant. I'm not quite sure to call it a restaurant or a little cafe or it has sort of almost like a food truck feel, but it's, it's not. It's a structure. It's called Sea Salt Eatery. And they do nothing but seafood, and they don't have a huge menu. But we did not try the food only because the line was so long.
0: So in typical fashion for our family, we went to the nearby pizza joint instead.
1: (laughs) We did, because we can almost always be guaranteed that pizza is going to satisfy Four out of five Epperson's in one (laughs) setting. And we went to a really great pizza joint called Parkway Pizza. Literally five minute drive from the park. They had a great beer selection. They had a great pizza selection. Really great prices.
0: So they, they called this Minneapolis style pizza. I'm still not sure that that's actually a thing. But it was really, really good pizza.
1: Well, I think that we asked our server, actually. Do you remember we asked him? And he said that Minneapolis-style pizza is really just about, like, innovative pizzas. Different combinations of things that you would put on a pizza that you wouldn't normally see. And yeah. they had a whole list of, like, specialty pizzas. We obviously didn't order off of those because we're a pretty much just, like, sausage or cheese family. But... According to our server, Minneapolis pizza really has to do with like the creative and sort of like off-the-beaten pathways that you can construct yeah. a pizza.
0: We're Chicagoans through and through, and we know our pizza. <laughs> and I gotta say, the northern Midwest knows their pizza.
1: They know their pizza. From they are no no joke.
0: Anywhere we've had pizza in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, the Quad Cities, the pizza is all very, very, Look, very good.
1: we may not be able to give you too many foodie restaurant recommendations on this podcast. <laughs> we know where the
0: pizza is. But
1: you can always be assured that the Epperson's will bring you a solid pizza recommendation. <laughs> and I have to say, Parkway Pizza was a solid pizza choice.
0: All right. Moving on. So, that's sort of the Grand, grand Rounds can get you sort of around the outside yes. of the city. Moving in. Inside the city for a little bit. Inside the
1: city. So we also spent a day checking out the Science Museum of Minnesota. For us, it was a reciprocal museum that we were able to get into for free because we have that Museum of Science and Industry here in the Chicago area. And we spent, I would say we spent almost an entire day at the museum. There's some really great exhibits that are geared you know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, museums, they're, you know, they're all just geared towards kids. And what is there really for the adults to, you know, yeah. gain from this? And I kind of thought that this museum did a really good job of appealing to both the younger and slightly not so younger anymore set of individuals.
0: They had sections that are different from what I've seen at any other Museum.
1: Yeah, before. that sports section
0: was sports really science. cool. Sports oh, science. Oh, it was so cool. The, the The kids could. One of the. For an example, they had a big projection screen, a long, very long horizontal projection screen, where the kids and adults.
1: The kids. I was about to say. I was. I like, did it many you. times. Like, the kids.
0: You can. <laughs> they project onto the screen somebody that you're going to race against. So it. It could be a world class runner it could be a t-rex it, could <laughs> it was be a, a t-rex a, a hockey skater all, all sorts of different types of athletes showing you how fast they go and you trying to race them and run against them in real time really really sends home how fast these people can go <laughs> yeah, it was... and how much work it would take for you to ever get there and
1: how not fast we are
0: <laughs> <laughs> but lots of other cool exhibits like that in the sports site section which I thought were great. Another section I really loved at this museum, they had a whole area based on quack science on yes. on like healing you know, healing medicinal treatments that that were not have been real, debunked, were debunked. Or so lots of wacky machinery that people used to be electrocuted with right
1: like i think we all remember the vibrating weight loss machine from like the 50s where you would stand there and it had like the belt that went around you and then it would just shake you and apparently you were going to lose weight
0: skull measurement machines all kinds of cool stuff that
1: was really cool i think maybe that hit for us a little bit more than it did for the kids like i don't think they were as into that but the museum itself Is really great. It's definitely worth a checkout. And what's nice about this too is that prior to getting actually into the museum, there is the visitor center for the Mississippi National River and Recreation Area. So even if you don't want to go into the museum, you can still pop over into the building and check out this very small but very informative visitor center that's part of the National Park Service. And I would say we probably spent about an hour. Yeah, hour I think I think most half,
0: people would spend a lot less time there. But a lot
1: less, because we but, did a junior yeah. ranger program with the kids, which they do have one. It may look like this place is literally like two rooms, and you're probably thinking there's no way there's anything here to do with the kids. But they do have a junior ranger program. It is very simple to complete. Our kids, all three of them, were able to do it, and that was the nicest ranger that went over their booklet with them and talked to them and did such a good job of engaging them on the Mississippi River and how important it is. And I was just like really impressed with him, with yeah. Ranger. I think his name was Ranger Dietzman. And he was, he was just really great. Yeah. One of my favorite Rangers to date. What else do we want to talk about about Minneapolis? To
0: move over to St. Paul for a second, we went to the zoo in St. Paul. It's called the Como Zoo and Conservatory, and it's free. It is a small zoo, but a well-done zoo.
1: Yeah, it reminded me a lot of our zoo back in Chicago, the Lincoln Park Zoo, which is also free. It's a city zoo. I mean, that's how I look at it. It's a city zoo. There
0: is a big zoo in Minneapolis, but... But it's- that's what one costs, and this one was free, and we wanted free.
1: This zoo, I think, was kind of really perfect for what we were looking for, which was just a really easy, like, half-day stroll through the area. And then to have that conservatory attached to it was just really enjoyable.
0: And let me... And there's also a little amusement park attached to it, which wasn't open when we were there. It was
1: not open. But,
0: but that's an option, I think, through most of the summer. Yeah. But let me tell you, we had the best experience with gorillas (gasps) that we've ever had at a zoo we were in you know you're in a glass walled room and the gorillas it was feeding time for the gorillas they're not feeding time they were giving them like ice chips or something yes and i think they were like kool-aid ice chips and they were coming up to the glass and like looking in putting their hands above their eyes to sort of peer in between the in of you know from the tinted glass get the sun out of the way and look at us and playing with each other there was a baby there was a oh, pregnant baby. mother it was so sweet i've just never seen so many gorillas up closely playfully you know often active. they're sleeping and laying around they were all very active it was so so cool
1: it was it was pretty great and the kids that was just a really great experience for them to kind of see these gorillas interact when the one girl up put his hand up on the glass. And Henry was like, his hand looks just like mine. You know, I just think that was really cool for them to kind of be able to have that connection with an animal and with nature. And we just happened upon that. But I know that they do it at a specific time every day. So if you do end up going to this zoo, just kinda check out when their gorilla activities are and then go over because you will not be disappointed. Yeah.
0: So also in Minneapolis, we visited the their famous sculpture garden that is outside of what's the name of the
1: Walker Wa- the Art Center. Walker Center Walker Modern, Modern Art Center. Museum.
0: And this is a cool sculpture garden.
1: Yeah. It it's was got a, some
0: big sculptures.
1: It does. And it has some recognizable sculptures like the spoon bridge and cherry, which I didn't know what it was called prior to seeing it. It's but a
0: giant cherry on a spoon. It is. It is. And, and you it's you a will, water feature.
1: But you will recognize it the minute you see it. Mm-hmm. I can't say in my world where I have seen this image enough times to recognize it, but I have.
0: A giant blue rooster. A
1: giant blue rooster was fantastic. And then also an artist that we have actually seen in several different locations across our travels and her name is deborah butterfield and i think her work is so fascinating you know she has like she takes sculptures and i think all of them are of horses yeah and she takes sticks and she takes
0: driftwood and bark and
1: and she casts them in bronze
0: and then she paints them. so they, Yes. So these sculptures look like they are a collage of pieces of wood, but they're actually bronze casts of wood And then that she's she, arranged.
1: Yes, and then she arranges them to look like a horse. And it's so fascinating because you see it and you think, that's driftwood, and she's picked up driftwood, and she's somehow managed to manipulate all of these pieces and find the exact right pieces to make, I mean, what looks... Like a horse,
0: but yeah. But then you have this other layer that there's there's something artistic about the creation of it and making it in bronze and then and then painting it to look. Uh, it's very fascinating. It's really and fascinating. We, we've loved them wherever we've. I think seen
1: this them. is like the third or fourth museum art museum we've been to there's one in chicago yeah. there's one in
0: the quad cities and now we've seen this yeah. one so i'm I, sure there's no more. i think
1: there's one in kansas city too oh there might be i think there is one of the um, nelson atkins there so she's a really fascinating artist that i'm kind of enjoying running into so if you happen to be able to come across her work it's just it is really fascinating to kind of stay and look at it and think how did she know that right particular piece right there but anyway, I could go on and on about her, but I'll so, stop.
0: <laughs> I think the final thing we should talk about is is the place we went to the most. Oh uh, I'm
1: almost embarrassed to admit how many times we went here.
0: The Mall of America. <laughs> We have now visited four times.
1: You couldn't have at least just said two, could you not? have We've visited four.
0: Now these have not been all day visits.
1: No, no, they haven't.
0: But you know, it's a mall, but it is <laughs> it is a big mall.
1: Look, we have been there on four different trips, and we have not seen the entire mall. We've not seen it.
0: No. Now, I'm sure you've all heard of the Mall of America, but if you haven't, it is this massive mall by the airport. <clears throat> Here's just a few facts about it. It has 1.15 miles walking distance around one level, and there are four levels. It is, it's square-shaped with a big center atrium that we'll talk about in a minute, but to walk around the square on each level is 1.15 yeah, miles.
1: Yankee Stadium can fit inside this mall like that's how
0: big it is <laughs> it has four acres of skylights it has no nine yankee stadiums can fit inside the mall nine what? yankee stadiums can fit oh inside
1: oh my thing. gosh i thought one seemed a little too small
0: 43 boeing 747s could fit inside of it it has a wedding chapel 8700 weddings have been performed there
1: shout out to anyone who got married at the Mall of America. I'm just saying.
0: It has a giant Lego. Uh, it, ha- it
1: has a- the world's largest Lego it- display.
0: Yeah, it's a-, it's a normal-sized Lego store. But above it, hanging in the air, is this massive display of all different sorts of Lego creations. Which
1: our kids thought, of course, was really, really cool. And what's great about it is that you can look at this display from the third floor food court. And so it was such a nice thing to be able to go to the food court and have dinner and then sit by this display or be able to look out over the Nickelodeon Universe um, amusement park. Yes, I said an amusement park. There is an amusement park inside so the mall. The big H,
0: so the mall is, like I said, it's a square. And then there's this big atrium in the middle. And maybe you've seen in the past there used to be just a roller coaster that went through this mall. And that was their big claim to fame. Is a, It was a mall with a roller coaster in it. But now that atrium is the Nickelodeon Amusement Park, and it's got like 30 rides, three or four roller coasters, all kinds of stuff that you can do. Not only do you have the amusement park, on the upper levels, there is there is a multi-level go-kart center. They've got indoor glow-in-the-dark, blacklight, mini golf.
1: <laughs> they have...
0: Like, this place is amazing.
1: The most, they have everything. And we went four times. And I think something to note, because this is incredibly important, is there are at least four Starbucks. At instead. least. At least
0: we know of four Starbucks. <laughs> and I think I and went at to least, all four. <laughs> and at least two or three caribous, too. Yes. There's a lot of coffee in, There's the, in so this There's so much coffee to be building. had at this mall. One of the cool things about shopping in the Mall of America, if you do go there, is that Minnesota has a 0% sales tax on clothing.
1: You know, and they've definitely got plenty of um, outdoor outfitters yeah. in the mall. There's so. a Columbia
0: store, there's an L.O. Bean,
1: Eddie Bauer. L. Eddie
0: Bauer. We had a great time at L.O. Bean. They had a fly fishing workshop cool. today, and the, the kids got to learn how to fly fish, even though we've never been
1: fishing. <laughs> no, <before>. and- <laughs> but they had a really good time learning how to cast, and the instructor, Rob, was really great with them. So
0: it might sound cheesy but i do think it is actually really worth it to go to the mall of america uh, ah. clearly cuz we went four times and what's cool you know normally you go to an amusement park and you pay to pay a fee to get in and you can do that you can pay a fee and ride all the rides at the nickelodeon universe there but you can also just pay to go on one ride Which I thought was really cool. And and it's not that
1: expensive. It's not. And we don't have kids that are really into amusement parks. They will not ride roller coasters. They will not ride anything that spins. They're really just kids that want to get on the carousel. And that's it. And so this was a really nice option that we could walk around this amusement park. And each kid picked out one little ride they wanted to go on. Like our two youngest went on, you know, they jumped in some bouncy house. And our oldest, Jack, he decided he didn't want to go on a ride. He wanted to get ice cream yeah which is fine but the, the- kid
0: rides are all th- the the kid rides are all three bucks a piece for the most part and the uh, the bigger rides are six bucks a piece if you're just paying individually and of course it's a lot cheaper if you get a wristband
1: yeah and you know if you need it because who doesn't want to also go to this right across the street from the mall of america is an ikea so I'm just saying, yep, you know, like if you need to go and buy like 400 different organizational items, just pop over to IKEA cuz they have them all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you can clearly clearly spend a day or more at the or mall. Or four of different trips
1: if you apparently live in Wanderbus. <laughs> they also have
0: really great RV parking. I would avoid going to the Mall of America during the day on the weekends or on, you know, Friday or Saturday night. I would also or anytime co- near the holidays. Right, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Go, like. Avoid that. But going during the week was a blast because there's not a lot of people there. Yeah. And we got to do whatever we wanted and have a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was fun and it was enjoyable and the kids really liked it. So, so- I-
0: I'm sure people from Minneapolis are like, oh, oh. I can't believe <laughs> oh, they spent so-, so much time at the Mall of America <laughs> when there's so much. But Mall of America is a tourist trap. With, like, normal stores and for shopping tourists. and food and stuff. And we're tourists, we're and, we're tourists and we're having fun. tourists
1: we're having fun. So, yeah. that is sort of just, like, our general overview of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. There is definitely solid camping because we have been to this campground twice. It's worth it. It's in River Falls, Wisconsin, but I'm sure there's other camping to be had as well. Yeah, <laughs> and we're heading out of here on Thursday and we'll continue to make our way down Wisconsin.
0: All right, are we ready to wrap up with this week's Brain Teaser? Yes. This one is called The Dunce. <laughs> As a young boy, Sammy was always at the bottom of the class in mathematics. But later in his life, this fact worked to his advantage. How come? And I'm going to give you a couple hints because that doesn't seem to be enough information at all whatsoever, does it? No Sammy was giving, given, Sammy was given a nickname that related to his poor mathematical ability. The nickname later became part of his stage name. and this is a real person. So think about that between now and next week and try to tell me who Sammy, who was bad at mathematics and his name, his nickname he earned for that, became part of his stage name, who this person is. So
1: if you know who this person is, you should email us at editor at rvmiles.com and let us know if you know the answer.
0: The answer to that brain teaser and so much more. So
1: much more. (laughs) We'll be on next week's episode
0: of the RV Miles podcast. We thank you for joining us. We hope you'll follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: And if you are enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe or give us a five-star review on iTunes or even just share the podcast on your social media channels and just kind of help us get out there. But however you do it, thank you so much for listening. We love being here every week with you guys. And until next week, keep logging those RV miles. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.